everyone, this is your host, Dubs Weinblatt. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded earlier this year before the coronavirus pandemic. It can be a little strange listening to conversations before we knew a lot of what we know today, but we really enjoyed these episodes and wanted to share them with you. We hope you enjoy them too. Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we just talk about them. And I'm so excited about the guests that we have here today. Ray Cordova, he, him pronouns. Hi, Ray. Hi. How, how are you, Dubs? I'm so good. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited that you're here. I feel like I see you a lot in like comedy spaces, but I don't right. think we ever really get to sit down and chat with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to ask you to do that for once. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I'm going to shout you out. Oh, that's and nice. And thank you for coming out. Okay. Um, I may have mentioned this in the past, but uh, I've always felt extremely welcomed uh, by you. And thank you for coming out. It's always made me feel a special part of the community. I feel like sometimes, uh, as a queer black man, sometimes it's fine to feel comfortable or find spaces that you feel validated in. But I feel like the first time I met you, it was just instant. Like, I felt so welcome. And you always invite me to come to the shows. And just so thank you for helping me feel more a part of the LGBTQA plus community. Oh, my gosh. That's so nice. It's my pleasure. I love hearing that. And... I love having you. You have such a nice energy and such a beautiful, lovely smile that it's just like I'm so happy whenever I get to see you. Thank you. Likewise. So, oh, thank you. Thank you for that shout out. Ooh, what, <laughs> what a nice way to start this. <laughs> um, so we all have multiple coming out stories. Um, and so I would love to hear one of yours. So on the way here, I thought about when I came out to my mom. But I've told that story at your show and to other people in the past in storytelling. And this one I'm going to tell today, actually, is one that I've only told some friends. Oh, great. Um, and it's not like it's a secret. I just haven't really shared this much. Mm-hmm. So I believe the first person I ever, 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 ever came out to was a good friend of mine uh, named Chris. Now, when I came out to Chris, I remember just being t- uh, terrified. Mm-hmm. Everyone always says things like to me, uh, oh, you know, you're from New York and it's such a liberal city. You should have always been out or things of that uh, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like everyone has their own journey. Mm-hmm. And um, I like I'm, I tell most people, most people who are in the closet or have been in the closet, that's a that's their journey. It's a personal thing. There's no, it's you, it's us, you know, yeah. and uh, how we feel about the world. So I was so nervous to tell my best friend, and I think I always felt like, what if I don't know, like they they shut me or turn me away, which I know now is that would be their loss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah. back then it's like I don't want to lose people that I think might judge me. Yeah. So I was like, hey man, we got to talk. Mind you, I should also keep in mind that I was probably like 23 at this point, so I was in the closet for quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, in my late teens throughout early 20s. And I kept saying, hey man, are you when are you free? We got to sit down and have a chat. And he's like, yeah, you know what's going on? I was like, no, I got to tell you in person. You know, it's kind of serious. And he was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. So we finally sit down. I pick him up in my car. We don't even go anywhere. I drive, like, around the block, like, to a park. And we just sit in the car. We're chatting. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, we, I'm like, this is fine. We just talk here. He's like, yo, man, what's going on? I'm like, Chris, man, you know, I've just been keeping something for a long time. And I'm gay. He goes, oh, my God. that That's what you wanted to tell me? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. He's like, Oh my god! I thought you had cancer or something. You kept saying how important it was. And yeah. I thought I was like, no, man. I said, I said, you know, just he's like, oh man. He's like, who cares? <laughs> and I feel like I'm very fortunate. Uh, with a majority of my friends growing up, who I've come out to later in life, have been very welcoming. I think I, I think I've gotten pushback once or twice. But even then, those friends that gave pushback, I'll, I'll go out and say that they were on their journey. Mm. I won't say this person's name, but another one of my very best friends. Uh, who I came out to later on, I told him, which I also told him while we were both drunk, which is never a good idea. To <laughs> maybe I have to tell someone, you uh, come out when you're drunk, or the person receiving it is drunk. And he was in denial mm. first. He thought it was a joke. And then he, uh, I know, I, I, to this day, I won't, let this, I won't let this go. I remember him saying while drunk, you know, man, like, 
you're my friend no matter what. But one day we gotta talk about like this and like and like God. <laughs> and oh, it's just, no. But he isn't even that kind of person. I just love he was drunk and, and again later on. But cut now to this person about ten, twelve years later. He almost, um, I mean, he's literally almost been into a fight at work about uh, over being an ally. He's like he mm. has he has he has more queer friends. Uh, like you know how people have like work husbands, work wives. This yeah. is a straight man that has like a work husband. <laughs> it's like someone he gets along with so well at work. So like, yeah. I also um, I will say one thing I've learned from coming out to my friends over the years is that I really do feel like uh, I think Harvey Milk says this right. You have to be yourself, and then that'll help bring about that change. I think mm-hmm. when people realize, um, people close to them are experiencing something, no matter what it is, it helps them to uh, understand and deal with it better. I think people think things are removed from them. They see things on TV or they see things out there and it's like, oh, this I've been told this is bad and I don't trust it and I don't have any examples around me to let me know that, you know, that's not true. So I feel like, you know, it's hard to come out but when you do, I think it really does help a lot of people. Mostly yourself mm-hmm. but even the people immediately around you. So that's my little coming out story. Yeah, thank I you. I guess I got two in one there. but yeah, <laughs> um, Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. That's, um, I'm happy to hear that you've had mostly like really great experiences. Yeah, I have. And now I'm trying to think of a negative one only because I feel like, you know, it's real. But I, yeah. I, I feel like I've honestly, I've really been fortunate in most of my experiences. Um, I, I really can't think other than strangers. I can't think of people that I've been close to that had an issue with it. I mean, I, I guess like my grandmother, people like in family, older relatives, as some people out there may know, have had harder times uh, accepting it. Or more of the like, don't talk about it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I will say, uh, over time, I feel like my grandmother's gone from, or my elders have gone from like, uh, not wanting to know about it, to accepting it, to even asking about people that I've dated now. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, how's so-and-so? Even like, it's funny uh, how that is with the old generation. I also think people like Ellen helped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like seeing people that they liked and finding out, all right, it doesn't matter about someone's sexuality. Yeah. So to say. Yeah, I... Um... Oh, Ellen. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, I I think she's so wonderful in so many ways and also is like just so problematic. And Super so problematic. Yeah. But you got to take the good with the bad, you know? Yeah. Hey, yeah. today's MLK Day and I'm going to go out on a <laughs> hot take. Yeah. Uh, now, that the, the the more that we get older and look at our history, he may have been a bit problematic. But mm. you know what? Sometimes you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, it's almost like she, like Ellen – put herself like how you were talking about being yourself and bringing about that change. And like, she really put herself out there and like risked and lost everything. Her story's crazy. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I actually have a t-shirt in my bag that says, yep, I'm gay, which Mm -hmm. is the tagline on the time, um, uh, cover when she came out and mm-hmm. I'm, so I, I love that I have yeah, that t-shirt because yeah, yeah, cool. it's like you know because like I feel like that's the good of the L- right, of right, 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 right. <laughs> and, um, and now that she has this platform has needs to revisit responsibility right. and I mean she's huge I wonder I, yeah. I, like, like can you be or can you ascertain that level of uh, fame and I suppose fortune and notoriety um, you have to change right can you not change but you yeah. have to change don't you I think so I think yeah. you really have to or work hard, work, yeah. or, or work hard not to change who you were before that happened. And that's right. probably a constant job. That's probably hard, mm-hmm. perhaps. I think it's maybe it's not maybe it's not like changing per se, but it's evolving. There you go. With like keeping who you are, but also evolving with like what is going on in the, in the right, current right, right. culture and right, right. making sure that we're staying up to date. And I think that there's I think about this a lot of like the responsibility of, of famous people. Cause like you were saying, again, to go back to what you were saying about um, like being yourself and bringing about that change. It really helps people understand. Um, and that, that just reminds me a lot about like visibility and representation and how important that is to so many people in so many right. ways, not even, I mean, not even just the queer community, but no, like, no, in general, you know, yeah. any kind of um, marginalized group, like being able to see yourself reflected in mainstream media is game changing. Yeah, yeah. And and so I I struggle struggle with slash think about all the time like people who are who are famous and have these platforms um what is their responsibility? Yeah. Right? Because they are also just people. Yeah. Um I think there is like a an added layer of like it comes with a territory, yeah. I think. Um 
but also they're also just like people who want to like have coffee and not be bothered right, right. and like anything they say is going to be held against them and right. anything they do and they're always under the microscope and it's not I feel like that's not like a sustainable way to live. Right, yeah. No, no. Do you um you, do you know uh Rebecca Drysdale? I don't. Her? So she used to be a, a UCB performer and teacher at UCB years and years and years ago. And then she um went on to do many great things including uh I believe writing for Orange is the New Black at one point, but she's a queer woman. And she, um, I think now she's working on the new All That series for Nickelodeon. <gasps> Wait, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> There's a new All That series coming oh, out? Oh, shout out the new All That series <gasps> that is already out, possibly season two or three. Oh my gosh, how did I not know about this? I, maybe because we're not children. Oh, but <laughs> but, but uh, check it out. Uh, they rotate the old school cast oh. with the new kids. Um, including Kel, Lorianne Denver. I was just going to ask. Oh, out, my God. Yeah, Keening Vital comes information by. for your everyday mm-hmm. life. And <sighs> shout out James III from Astronomy Club, who was a writer mm. on that show now. And, um, Amazing. And so Rebecca Drysdale, I think I believe she's the showrunner or head writer. Mm. But I say it to say um, she was teaching classes at UCB and workshops on her own in her apartment. This mm. is way back when. And uh, I remember admiring her so much because oh, she was just so fucking funny. And, um, and again, a queer woman. And I, I don't remember if I, I don't know the context if I asked her this question or someone asked her it, but I just remember her just giving this statement of like, you know, yeah, dude, I'm just a fucking person. And that's just a simple comment, but the way it resonated with me, it just felt like I took it, I took it as just her being like, I'm going to live my life how I want to live my life. You can label me, you can say what I am, but I live my life for me. Any label you give me, that's after, that's after just my existence in general. And I just remember being like, oh, that's so cool. I put so much – at the time, I, I was in the closet then. Mm-hmm. And I put so much weight and worry on, on my identity. And to hear her just say, like, dude, I'm just a person, like, first, like, it just really hit me hard. And then, like, uh, also, she, randomly, she's, like, best friends with uh, Jordan Peele. Mm. Now, this is now this all happened – now, mind <laughs> you, I'm in her class, in her apartment, like, 10, like 10 11 years ago. Like 10 years ago. And on her refrigerator is, like, a caricature drawing of her and, like, Jordan Peele in Central Park. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, oh, that's that guy from Mad TV. <laughs> you know, because this is, like, he and Peele wasn't even out then. So it's just so funny, like, how uh, time is and people are connected. But, yeah. yeah. Um, so shout out Becky Drysdale for just yeah. being her, for being a person. Just for being a person. Being yeah. A person. I think about that, to, well, just, like, back to celebrities and, like, just being a person of um, – like, through my work with Thank You For Coming Out, I've gotten to meet some celebrity-type mm-hmm. people. And a, a lot of times I do get so starstruck. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking about this with um, someone yesterday, um, my friend Julie, because we were talking about... So my friend Lauren Patton is in Jagged Little Pill and is, like, nice. becoming a... Already is and is continuing to become a, like, big name. Yeah. and she's just But she's also just, like, the most down-to-earth lovely, incredible human. Mm -hmm. And so Julie and I were talking about um, just how, basically what you were just saying, like that Becky Drysdale was saying, of Mm -hmm. like, I'm just a person. And like, Lauren's like just a person who like is also my, who happens to be my friend. And um, it's a really nice framing for like when I do have to get, not have to, oh my God, when I get to interview people or get to meet people, um, really trying to remember that they're just people. Yeah. just like you and me, right? Sweet. We're just people. We're just people. You know what I mean? We got some things going on in our lives, but we're yeah. just people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I do, but then back to what we we're talking about, like the responsibility of that, I do feel like because I have a platform, yeah. um, and I'm not obviously not famous by any means, mm-hmm. but I do. I mean, kind of a local celebrity, I'll say it. I mean, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I do, I do feel like um, I, I have a platform that I reach people, yeah. and I do. Um, I kind of do well, – I will censor some posts and sure. I'll censor my tweets and I'll think about them. I'll triple think about them before posting them because I want to make sure that I'm using my platform in a responsible way. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. I mean, you have to. I feel yeah. like um, I literally made – so I, I never really used Twitter before. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I just like, wasn't into it. So I made one when I, uh, my show came out. So also for our listeners, I want a show called Astronomy Club on Netflix. Oh, we were going to talk about that. Oh, we're going to get into it? Oh, no, Sorry. please. No, but we'll talk about it as much as you want. I only use yeah. it for, 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 uh, for context. Of course, um, of course. But uh, now, I was, now I've lost my train of thought. And oh, I feel I'm like sorry. I'm just saying it to say it, but that's not what it Twitter. was. Twitter. Twitter. So yeah. I, made, I made an account so I can kind of just, uh, oh, have more of an so- online social media presence. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So 
right away, I, I couldn't help it. For like the first week when the show came out, I just had to search hashtag Astronomy Club mm, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I just had yeah, to know. I totally. had to know. Um, and everyone is so loving and so positive. But one of the overwhelming things that, like, you, it's just amazing to see people comment on things that you thought about and you worked so hard on. And there were a lot of comments of people saying, I see myself. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, like, I don't want to say, uh, or just like, you know, oh, I didn't know that this existed or this person. Like, I, one, one person said, uh, oh, I've never seen um, uh, two, two men on a date, and that wasn't the joke of the scene. Yes. And, yeah. like, you know, when you, when you hear people say things like that, like, that was the goal. You know, it was yeah. like, sexuality isn't, isn't a joke. It's not a game. Like, you know what I mean? It's just people existing in a space. Right. So to see that and know that people got it and people want more of it, like, I do feel responsible now. Not now, like, you know, I, hopefully it'll never happen, but now I'm like, yeah, I would never want that to be the butt of a joke. And now I'm going to push to make more things like that where it just normalizes because it is normal right. uh, with those kind of situations. So things like that I see and now I feel responsible to want to try and strive to do that more. And so I do feel like you have to, especially with comedy, it mm-hmm. does feel like, uh, for me at least, you do want to be responsible with it and use that, uh, use that, that, that power, I guess you could say, for yeah. good. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I... Um Yes. Okay. So I love that you said, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into distra- right, right. astronomy club in a minute. But I want to go back to what you just said of two men on a date, and that wasn't the joke of the scene. Right. And when I when we were for the <laughs> so thank you for coming out has existed for for since 2015, mm-hmm. and something that I'm really proud of is that every show the queerness isn't the joke. No. It's just part of the fabric of the rest of the scene. Yeah. And when when this podcast was being built earlier this earlier last year, I guess, um, I had to put into words for um, I was being interviewed by one of the Gay City News reporters, and my last answer that that he was recording got lost. And so Ugh. he's like, and I was like, oh my god! But it was like the most eloquent, amazing thing I've ever said, and <laughs> it's lost forever. And so I was trying to like recreate it as I was typing, and. I was getting really frustrated, and I promise there's a point to this. And my roommate, Brad, um, was like, why don't we just, like, talk it out, and then it's going to come back to you. And he was right, because as I was talking, I literally said, like, the queerness isn't the butt of the joke. It's not – that's not what's funny. And, like, it really – I was able – I think I've always known that, but I haven't ever – I've never put it into words before. Sure. Um, And I was like, by George, we've got it. And I, like, went back and, like, typed the answer. And it's just – it's – it's so important to, like you were saying, like to normalize yeah. different kinds of relationships and gender identities and any kind of um, identity that isn't in the in mainstream media. Right. And mm-hmm. um, and I truly, I just, I love. Um, I have, I'm, I'm very bummed to say I haven't seen it yet. Astronomy. No, that's okay. Um, and it was on my notes of things to do, and then I forgot. I'm really no, sorry. Okay. But I, I definitely have heard such incredible things about it, Thank and I you. can't wait to watch it. Um, so before we dive even more into it, um, I also just love that you are very intentional and aware of the impact of the comedy that you're putting out. And I think a lot of times, um, comedians, at least in my experience, they put that kind of towards the bottom and they want to just get the quick laugh and they don't care yeah. about what they're putting out there. Right. Um, another quick anecdote and then it's all astronomy club. No, 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 please. <laughs> um, uh, I, one of my friends is a comedian, I'm not going to say their name, mm-hmm. but made a joke about pronouns on, um, on, his, on their social media. Yeah. And I know this person and I know they didn't mean any harm, but they also have a very big platform and, so I sent them a message, and I just was like, listen, um, I know you weren't intending to do harm, and here, here's – sometimes I don't even call people out because I'm just tired. And right, yeah, yeah, out. and you shouldn't have to. You yeah. know what I mean? I get it. Yeah, but, like, I, I felt compelled in this moment, and, yeah. and, you know, it was also worried, like, is this, is this person going to receive this criticism, or how are they going to receive it? And I just said, when, when people make fun of when they're going around and sharing their pronouns – it's making light of something that's very serious and yeah. a crucial part of someone's identity. And they were so um, receptive and apologetic. And they're like, I, I was like hopping on the train and like made a quick joke and like forgot about it. Yeah. Um, but then took the joke down and was really serious and having a conversation about like 
making sure that their comedy is always punching up and responsible. And I was like, that can't we all be like that? Yeah, of, like and, receiving feedback, yeah. And, yeah, and having a nice conversation, right? And like, it, it's awesome that you did that because it's like that's a. And, I mean, overall, it's a big thing. It may have felt like a small scary thing to do in the moment, but you literally invoke change. Here's a person that has a platform and will be putting messages out there and, and different things, and now they're more conscious of what they put out. And it's also good, I feel like, I just knowing you in general personally, I'm sure you approach them the appropriate way. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, um, I have, I know this is the proper term, but I, I've, I've joked that I grew up straight washed, if that makes mm. sense. And I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I just feel like, um, when you approach people who may be, uh, ignorance is a hard word, but not as woke as some people are, mm-hmm. uh, I do think it's nice, I do think you get more with uh, uh, honey than lemon, but especially in the sense that like, if so, sometimes people don't even realize, or people, I, I think people want to change. It's not yeah. they need a nudge, and I think how you give that nudge can affect that change too. Absolutely. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it's cool they were receptive and they did that. And I think in general, I don't know, like I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but like I do, I would love if like all, if all peoples were more, I guess, how do I put it? Like give people a chance to not be ignorant give people a chance to change Mm -hmm. Um, because like I just this hot take this might be a little bit spicy but I just finished watching that Kevin Hart documentary and we all remember Kevin Hart and the Oscars and all that and big Kevin Hart fan met him when I was younger very nice man this was years and years and years ago and it's just like dude like don't be selfish in the sense of like I understand I understand pride and I understand ego and I understand feeling like I don't want to get stuck on a dead end or or re-go over points but here's the thing if you've offended a person or people and someone out there is saying, well, I never knew that you apologized, and I don't know that that... Then just apologize again. You know what I mean? Like, when you hurt someone, it's okay to apologize for hurting them. And it's okay to apologize multiple times. doesn't mean that you can never stop apologizing. But literally, it's like, when you have the platform he has, and you're a global phenom the way he is, it is possible that... Not, it's still possible not every single person knows your true intention. So it's okay to put that out there once in a while again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... And when you watch the documentary, and just, like, seeing it, you know, he has uh, queer employees he has queer friends and it's just like yeah so if you're gonna walk the walk then go ahead and talk the talk don't just be like oh well, i know my life like well you're a celebrity so people don't you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i also see sometimes that people they get upset with like um because it took me a while to get the pronoun game right yeah in the sense and i'm a queer person and i remember um i think i made a joke about it but i remember when, when it was this sounds terrible to say when it, when it was first a thing but i guess you could say when people were actually finally talking about it which they should have been doing mm-hmm. and i remember being yeah. like oh you know, I was one of those people that was like, oh, you know what? What's the big deal if we still have, like, I remember being in the mindset of, like, my main concern is being safe and being able to, like, walk around and not feel threatened. And that's and that's one point of view. And I, and I also meant that physically. But as I got older and as I talked to more people, it's like, you know, what exactly are you protecting? You know what I mean? And there's just so many more things to protect than just, like, me walking down the street late at night. It's like, no, who I am as a person, how I want to be uh, treated, how I want to be spoken to. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like, even I had to learn as far as... Uh, in, uh, learning, learning, learning about those things in general. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I think sometimes people are willing to learn. And I think people sometimes are... People hate being wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure do. And I think people mm-hmm. and, and people have been have been told something was a way for so long. They believed it for so long. They're so resistant to the idea that just maybe everything you've been told isn't exactly true, right. and that and that it's okay that it's not true. So I guess what I'm saying is across the board, uh, people need to do better at um, if you make the decision to reach out to someone to try and help them along their journey of understanding mm-hmm. that do it with a certain uh, uh, elegance or class as you always do. Mm. And then people, if you, and people on the other end of that, if you're hearing, hey, what you're doing is hurting someone or what you're doing is inappropriate, take a moment, take it in. You know what I mean? Sit on it for a while and really go back and think about it. Uh, I think the world will be a better place if that were ever happened, just to communicate efficiently with each other. Yeah, I'm so with you on that. <laughs> and I really appreciate you sharing... Um, just like your your own like journey of understanding around pronoun yeah. thing, and um, I mean truly like my pronouns are they them theirs, right. and I remember um, I didn't change my pronouns until well now it's been a while, but mm-hmm. March of 2017. Um, but I I had top surgery in 2016, and I came right. out as trans in like 2014, mm-hmm. and so I was on this long journey yeah. of fi- finding what was right for me, and I remember um, in such a lovely way when I would tell people that. Um, 
you know, I would basically come out to them as trans and, you know, I was changed, I changed my name, um, socially and, um, people, um, would be like, can I, what, what pronouns can I use for you? Right, right. And even me, and even a trans person was like, oh, like she, like, I'm not changing them. Like, I'm right. like, also was like very uncomfortable with the conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. And then because it's like we were saying, like, we're all like raised in a certain way and like raised to think of certain things and change is really, really hard, yes. especially when it's like core to who we are. Yeah. Um, and so it took a long time for me to realize, I mean, because even I said things like, um, like they's plural. I'm not going to use that. Like I wouldn't. I'm not plural. And like made the same right. like <laughs> annoying comments that like you know are uninformed and well, yeah, and they were just you know uninformed. What? Uninformed, but not kind of annoying. But kind of annoying. It's kind of annoying. Kind of annoying. It is because um, it's also uh, singular and. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to be open to change and yeah. changing and and being open to knowing that we're not all knowing beings. Yeah. Um, and that is just, it's so hard. Yeah. It's really, really it hard. Because it, cha- it brings into focus, I think a lot of it is like it brings into focus for folks who ha- hold a lot of privilege and they don't mm-hmm. want to lose it. I'm like, and, you know, and I did not make this up, but like privilege isn't a pie. I mean, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's enough for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and just because you're giving somebody else uh, like affirmation and a seat at the table, you're not losing yours. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I want people to really get that totally um i also love that you said you get more with honey than lemon uh, did I, is that the right way of saying it i, I don't know I, but it was amazing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know that the, the whatever if that wasn't the exact right term the whole point is you get more being sweeter than sour yeah. but yeah I, believe it's no, honey and lemon. I think i think that's beautiful and even if it's not i think it is now <laughs> um yeah and you know what there are moments though where like i fully am like a hundred percent behind that um, but there, there have been a few moments. So in the, in my work that I do, I work for a nonprofit that teaches Jewish institutions, LGBTQ mm-hmm. inclusion, an organization called Keshet. And, um, it is like, it is my main, the main function of my job is to educate people on how to make their spaces more inclusive. And so I, I, I don't know how to say this. I like, I have to go into these spaces with an, un an, unending pool of patience with mm-hmm. people who just have all of these questions and want to push back. And there are, I've learned in this job that you can be really, really patient and still have self care and stick up for yourself when yeah. someone's being inappropriate right. or when someone's like just being an asshole to be an asshole. Right. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And it also takes time to get to that point. Yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, uh, no one's perfect. So there's totally days where it's like, Sure, I get more of honey than lemon, but today I want to squeeze this lemon in your eye. You know, <laughs> totally. so that that happens. We're all human. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be funny to see. <laughs> I should just carry around lemons or a jar of honey and be like, "All right, which one? Your choice. <laughs> You're getting yeah. one of these, <laughs> right?" Um, and that's the other thing too is like um, every once in a while I feel inspired to post um, when someone tells you something is transphobic, believe them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because like there have been so many times where I've where I have reached out to people and I'm like hey, like the thing you just said is like pretty transphobic and here's a different way you could say it or like mm-hmm. whatever it is. And, um, or like when I'm watching something on TV and I'm like, oh, that was really transphobic and like, yeah. or in, in shows or like whatever it is. And people will literally be like, that wasn't transphobic. Like, what are you talking about? I was like, and I'm like, well, as a trans person. Right, right, like, right. Um, <laughs> I can tell you right, that right, right. what I just saw and what I just heard mm-hmm. is transphobic. Right. And so it's like, so I don't that's know. true. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. People, you know, it is a journey for everybody. And I think, I mean, the arc is bending towards justice very slowly. Yes, yes. Um, but it can get, it can be, it can be a lot sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's not just take a, take a, a break if that makes sense. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because like, especially yeah. some, I feel like someone... And correct me if I'm wrong, but someone, especially in your position, where it's, um, I feel like it's always in your face in the sense of the shows you you represent, are huge, and you your existence in general, yeah, and um, yeah, you know, like no one pays you to be a teacher, <laughs> no one pays you to change lives, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like if you choose to engage with someone in a conversation for the betterment of them or yourself or their journey, you know, that's very kind of you, and that's taking your energy and your time. So there's times where it's just like, you know what, today I just want to exist and not tell someone about my, you know, how to treat people who exist. You know what I mean? I so do. I, do I get it. You, you know what I mean? I get yeah. it. So that too, you know, we can't burn out either in that sense. Sometimes yeah. you got to take a step back and be like, you know what, today 
or this week. It's like, I'm just going to do me, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, and recharge and then get back out there on the battlefield. Yeah, no, <laughs> that is that is so, so real because um, I spend 40, more like 50 plus hours a week actually literally educating people right, and, and right. getting paid to do it, right, which is right. um, But then also like, thank you for coming out the live show and the podcast. Yeah takes up so much of my time mm-hmm. and then moving through the world just as a queer person is a job. Um, and so I have, I have found recently that I love being at home in my room and not interacting with a soul right? and just <laughs> reading my book or watching TV right. because that is that recharging. Yeah. Of like, I don't need to explain anything to anybody exactly, and I just need to be. And that is when I'm like, right, yeah. recharging and like gearing up for the next conversation. Exactly. And, next... and you earned that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I love being at home yeah. and reading my book in my bed. It's funny when you're, when, when you're younger. Oh, everyone's different. But I feel like when I was younger, it's like, let's go out. Let's go out. And the older you get, you're just like, yeah. man, nothing beats being at home. <laughs> yeah. I have a joke with my friend, um, Brian, where like – if I've showered, I'm in. Yeah. Like, it doesn't. And he's like, but sometimes you like shower before we go out. I'm like, those showers have such different intentions, and they are so different. And you got to catch me before I've done I my bed that. shower. Right, that's so I am funny. not leaving. Right, right, right. It's true. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk astronomy club. Yes. So, um, just tell us everything about it. What did it started as a as a, a team at UCB? Is that so? Astronomy club started uh, around 2014. Um, basically a bunch of, uh, POC friends were like, Hey, I noticed that there's not a lot of representation of POCs on stage at the theater. Can you say what POC is for folks? Uh, listening? people of color. Thank, Thank you. you for helping me to clarify that. Mm-hmm. You're right. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we all, uh, for the most part, yeah, for the most part, we're all African-American, <laughs> uh, some of, uh, of, of mixed, of mixed, uh, you know, whether half this, half that, but we're all people of color again. And we noticed that there just wasn't – we weren't seeing ourselves represented on stage mm-hmm. at UCB in particular, but really the improv scene in general. And we had – most of us – most of us, not all, but most of us had auditioned in the past and uh, maybe gotten a call back here or there, a call back or two, but never really made a house team. And then there was a small brief two-year window where they would allow you to audition on your own with an indie team if everyone met the requirements. And we basically decided one year after we all had, a, had our own separate failed auditions – Hey, well, I should say James III reached out to most of us. It's like, hey, I want to audition as a group next year, um, but we're going to do it right. So let's all get together and rehearse regularly until it's time to audition again next year. And we, were, we met and rehearsed for like eight months before auditions, did some shows around the city, and then we auditioned as a team at UCB, and then they made us a house team. So we formed ourselves. We became a house team after Amazing. auditioning. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a run at UCB on their Lloyd night, which is a popular improv night for them, for about a year and change. And then they decided uh, – they thought it would be better to kind of disband us and put us on different teams, on other teams with other people. And we just love playing with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, we knew, I will say, as someone who loves improv and loves UCB, um, especially back then, I should say, when I first started. Because you know, when you start improv, it's very like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I want to do it all the time. Everyone's my best friend. Yeah. I'm going to go to every show. <laughs> totally. You're all hilarious. You yeah. know? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yes. So like I would, you know, you, but it's like, a, it's like a drug. You know, you're in that world and you're in it. So yeah. I was so in it. And then I got a little jaded, as, as also happens in the improv world. You love it, then it kind of burns out. You have to kind of refine that love if you have it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't think I realized until I played with other people of color how much I needed that in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just being around people who look like you and you share somewhat similar or familiar experiences, uh, there's an amount of trust there that you can't take for granted. Uh, and it just it just felt good to perform together. And then when we were disbanded, so to say... Uh, it kind of felt like for me, oh, nothing's the same again. Uh, yeah. And 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 you know what's so funny? Like I I do I, I'll sit in on shows here and there, but um, again, back to thank you for coming out. Mm-hmm. Like outside of Astronomy Club, I then the second team I, I most feel home at is really when I step in. Even though it's a random assortment of people, yeah, I feel the audience, the people, you and Jess. I feel like I feel like I belong. At, thank you for coming out. So I always felt like I belonged. Uh, with Astronomy Club. So after the theater disbanded us improv-wise, well, we were like, we want to keep playing together, so why don't we write? We're all smart. We all have pens and papers. Let's just write together and do something. And we figured, well, we were an all-POC team, so mm-hmm. why, don't we have, why don't we just write a Black History Month show? Mm-hmm. So we just wrote as a fun one-off a Black History Month show, presented it to UCB. They loved it. We did it one February in, like, 2015 or 16. And they were like, oh, this is great. 2015, and they were like, you know, you can do this outside of Black History Month. You can do this just during the year. Mm-hmm. So we rewrote it, made it, excuse me, a little bit shorter, and then we did do it for about two or three months at UCB New York, and then we took it to UCB LA, 
And it's the way the timing was. Like, we were in L.A. When we came back, on our way back to New York, we got invited to be a part of Comedy Central's comic showcase to watch mm. in 2016. And then basically anyone who was a part of that showcase was offered uh, like a deal to make one sketch for like ComedyCentral.com. And we never did that. We were able to flip that into a meeting for a show, and they gave us a whole digital series. And then after we had the digital series in 2016, which wasn't released till 2018. Oh, interesting. We, had, we, were, we were at Viacom for about a year and a half. Just Sometimes things just take time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> everyone moves differently. <laughs> and then um, after holding it for a while, they finally put it out. Everything got a pretty great response. And then we had a meeting to possibly have a TV show. And Comedy Central just felt like it wasn't the right time, whatever. And they just said, oh, you know, we think, you know, good luck, but this is where it kind of ends for us. And we're like, okay, that's fine. And then, um, to put it nicely, no, and then, uh, uh, well, I think it was more of a shock because we had a good response from the videos. Um, We had a good relationship there. So, but again, companies make so many decisions every day. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. But luckily, um, a very wonderful man named Dan Powell, uh, he loved our show from the beginning. As soon as the digital series came out, you know, he asked to meet with us and just wanted to talk to us about making a show. And, um, yeah, we had, a, we had a meeting with him, and he literally said, you guys, your comedy is amazing, what you represent is amazing, and I want to help you make this show no matter where it's made at. And uh, he's like, and we're going to get it made somewhere. So he went to Comedy Central first. They turned us away, and Dan was like, don't worry. We're going to go everywhere, <laughs> and we went everywhere. And Netflix loved us, and then, yeah, we got the Netflix deal, and as you say, the rest is our history. Oh, and then, of course, uh, right before, we met Dan first, and then we met Kenya Barris, creator of Blackish, Grownish, and Mixedish. Mm. And the two of them were like, you guys are great. We're going to make a show no matter what. And then here we are now in the present with a show on Netflix produced by Kenya and Dan. So very fortunate. That's amazing. And it came out just the beginning of this year, the end of last it, year? End of, it came out December 6th. Uh, okay, mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and so you created Twitter, a Twitter account to like see... Yeah, like, to kind of see how people were feeling about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you, no, you, you, you only get so much on Facebook and Instagram. It's like, yeah. I get Twitter in here and see what people are saying on Twitter. Totally. And um, yeah, like I said, just, I mean, people can be really crappy online. Yeah. And it's, it's out there. But it's almost hard to find negative comments about Astronomy Club. And I think you have all these things in your head, especially when you're on um, that side of the line that is not, quote, unquote, uh, the regular, right? So mm-hmm. I'm already a queer person. I'm a black man. Mm-hmm. I'm half Puerto Rican. So there's all these things I am that, you know, some people aren't big fans of. So you just naturally worry about how you're perceived by the world. Totally. And people have just been so kind. And also across the board, all credos, all colors, people are very kind about the show for the most part. And they ask for more. There's a thing now that people are like, you know, where's season two? Don't fuck up Netflix. You know, it's just very mm-hmm. funny. People kind of fight on our behalf. To the point where an article came out the other day and the article was like, Astronomy Club season two, up in the air. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> we just came out a month ago. <laughs> right. I thought we were doing good, you know. Yeah. But but it came from a place of like, uh, why? Renew it now. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see people just really enjoy the show and want to see more. And we hope, hopefully we get to do more. And when you make a show, Dan gave us some good advice when we first got to the writer's room. And he said, um, most shows don't find their footing until season three. And most shows don't get past season one. My job is to make sure that when we're done with this, you guys have something you're proud of and we'll get you future work. Whatever's after that, it's going to be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I'm very proud of what we've done. And I'm very, and we've all gotten something a little bit after it and we'll hopefully get more. So, you know, hopefully season two is, is on that list too. But I'm very proud of what we've done. And just seeing it all come together, um, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, like, not to toot our own horns, but even, like, again, looking online and seeing what it means so much. And we also knew it, but to see, to know something and see are two different things. And just to see people respond so well. And it's just like, you know, we're in a show of eight people of color. We all wrote it. We all helped co-produce it. And like I said, like you said, seeing yourself, I've never, I never saw myself in that sense. Mm-hmm. I had an acting class uh, when I was 19 and it was um, acting for like commercials uh, with Judy Bowen. If you're out there, you know the New York City acting scene, you may have heard of Judy Bowen, very big casting a commercial agent. In fact, she always likes to tell the story that she casted the, uh, the Verizon guy. Can you hear me? Oh, Can you oh, hear me now? Yeah. So she talked about casting him and kind of trashed him because she was like, oh, and he just sent us a cheap bottle of wine when he got the part. And I'm like, but also like, well, what was he supposed to send you? Like a Ferrari? Anyway. <laughs> totally. But, um, but I remember her, you know, the first homework assignment, like day one was go home. When we come back next week, watch, watch TV and pick, cool. pick, pick, com- pick, right, pick a commercial <laughs> where you see yourself and then come mm-hmm. back and, you know, I want you to memorize it and do that commercial for us. I, it was so hard to find myself. <laughs> like, mm. yeah, it sounds crazy. This is probably like, oh, this is probably like <laughs> 2004, five. Mm-hmm. And it was like, or I should say, it wasn't like I just saw a large black man on TV in the commercials every time. It, like, it would take a, you have to find, like, 
the point is I had to research to find someone. You had on to my watch assignment. a lot. Of I had to watch a lot of TV <laughs> to see a large black man, and if back then a large queer black man at that, I'd still be watching TV uh, back in 2005 <laughs> at least. So yeah, so I, I'm happy that I can be that example. I think that also someone asked me what inspires me recently to keep going. And I said, oh, definitely the fact that I know that I'm creating, invoking change. Mm-hmm. It was hard to find myself uh, uh, on TV. And now I feel like I'm, I'm there for other people who are growing up and coming up in, in the world to yeah. see themselves on TV. So that makes me, and all of us, it makes me very proud in that sense for sure. Yeah, and you, should, you absolutely should be proud. And that is, that's why I keep going. Right. Is because I felt so alone growing up and just mm-hmm. like there is no one else there like like out there like me and the one person who was Ellen like lost everything everyone hated her right. and <coughs> so scary mm-hmm. so scary and now that I'm in a position where I where I feel mostly safe and I'm you know and pretty happy with who I am yeah. that like literally the only reason I do anything that I do is because I want other people to feel like they're not alone. And I want to, I want to keep making this change so life can be easier for other people because I didn't have that. Yeah. I don't want to go on another tangent, but uh, I remember one day, oh my gosh, I was, I was with friends in, um, I had a very good year out 2019. I was was with some friends in Palm Springs for 4th of July. Oh yeah. Um, and we were just like really kind of stoned and we were having Mm -hmm. a conversation about politics in the world. And I was just like, there's just so much bad. How do we how do we win? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I had this thought that I articulated in the moment eventually. And I was just like, especially the, especially the older I get, the more I realize. A lot of the times, speaking for myself, I think when you know there's so much injustice and wrong in the world, you want to see it righted. You want to see it righted now. Yeah. And what I realize is the reason why people who are bad are so good at it. <coughs> No, you're fine. Bless you. God bless you. Thank no. you. The reason why people are, uh, the, or the reason like bad is so good, because they've been bad collectively for so long, mm-hmm. and like uh, people, like pretty much assholes have been, have been assholes for years and years and years. And I feel like uh, the point is the change you want to see. You have to take steps to invoke it now and accept and understand. You may not see that change yeah. come through, but what you're doing now will lay down that foundation. You know, Harriet Tubman didn't get to see a Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. But she might help somebody he knows escape. You know what I mean? Or from mm-hmm. his bloodline escape. Yeah. But uh, so it's just this thing of like I feel like if everyone just puts good in the world, that eventually will have a resounding effect as time passes, and we'll create enough good in general where the one day, you know, we can tip that. Like you said, we're always changing. Things are getting better. I think things are getting better, mm-hmm. especially as bad as things are politically in the world. I do think because it's so bad, things are slowly getting better. You can't really tell yet, but I think there'll be a point where we're like, wow, twenty years from now. Holy shit, people got their shit together because the place was so crazy. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Oh gosh, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. I um again, like back to the work that I do, so many people will like some of the pushback that I get is um how how hard it is to change culture. Yeah. And like that's like kind of like the meat of this work is everything else you can change kind of more like the low-hanging fruit of like your policy and right. like the books on your shelf. Yep. Um, but it's the culture that really matters, and that's the thing that takes the longest to do yeah. to move. And I have similar conversations with folks too of like you're planting the seed now, exactly, and it's gonna take time to grow and mm-hmm. to change. But you have to do the work now. Um, so that really, really resonates with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true. Um, I love ha- those like high moments. Where yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like figure out the world, <laughs> right, 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 and like eat a burrito. I can be like, president. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, really, anyone could. Mm. Apparently, at this point, literally <laughs> yeah, anyone right. can be president. Um, yeah, and so okay, so we're not sure if there's going to be a season two yet? Question mark. Um. Technically speaking, question mark, but in my heart of hearts, I'm going to say there will be a season two. Okay. That's not official. That's right. just what my heart wants me to, leads me to believe. Listen, we're putting out into the universe. Putting out we universe. are manifesting. Season two, Astronomy Club, coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what's your favorite sketch on that you ha- that's out right now from the show? Oh, my goodness. If, um, that's po- if that's even possible to say. Yeah. Well, I will say in general, it's interesting watching the sketches that I'm not in, mm-hmm. and it feels so good because it's cool to see my friends yeah. killing it. And, you know, we, we worked on everything together, so it's cool just seeing our work out there and seeing my friends, like, you know. Because part of a striving for what's so great is I'm living my dream, but I can see my friends living their dream. Totally. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, so definitely, um, gosh, so many. Definitely there's a sketch called um, Activist Rally. Mm-hmm. 
which kind of pokes fun at uh, almost strife in between uh, organizations like Black Lives Matter and this and that. While they stand for great things, uh, there's always some strife amongst those type of groups anyway, uh, a little bit. So we kind of poke fun at that, uh, which is a really fun sketch to see. Um, Shade Off is a really fun sketch. I think Astronomy Club has a knack for, we were talking about ourselves, we like to, we, we like to place uh, black people in spaces you're not familiar with seeing them in. Mm-hmm. So for Comedy Central, we had a, we had a sketch uh, that took place in a fictional black Salem. So it was just Salem for black people. Mm-hmm. And now in the show, we, have a, uh, <laughs> we, we put black people in the Victorian era. So it's just fun to see us with the big hair and the big uh, loud, the big loud uh, costumes, and you know, with the with the classical music in the background, the tea being poured, and it's just fun because you don't see that often. Normally, you see us pouring the tea, but you know, <laughs> in astronomy club, we're the ones having the tea poured for us. Yeah. So it's cool to see us put uh, put ourselves in places you don't always see us in. Mm-hmm. So shade room is a really fun one, and then for myself, you know, if I have to, obviously. Um, Resting creep face, just the, the just the sketch where I'm on a date with Jonathan Braylock, and <laughs> the joke is how weird his face is. Uh, <laughs> just two guys on a date, one has a weird face, and it scares everyone around them. But yeah, so those are some of my uh, those are some of my top three for now. It it also rotates when you watch it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, you, you're like, oh, oh no, I like this one. Oh, I like this one now. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a fun show, easy watch. Everyone check it out, and I'm proud of my peeps. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I can't wait to watch it. Um, so spe- we're talking so much about media. I would love to hear your favorite current queer media representation. Okay. So let me – okay. Again, guys, also people who are queer, if you're out there with what I'm about to say, don't be afraid, again, to talk about your journey or accept your journey that we're all evolving and not perfect. And I say it to say – I remember when I first went into a, a gay club or gay bar. I think I was – I don't remember the name of it. This is bad. But it was definitely uh, near Christopher off West 4th. Um <laughs> And, and it's a it's a it's a big one. It's a popular one. It's not um it's not the inn, which is it's not Stonewall, but the place kind of across the street. Whatever it's Mo- monster. Maybe I don't. It, it's whatever. The point yeah. is, we um I remember going in there and they were playing Paris is Burning in the background. Mm, but mm-hmm. it's a club, so music was playing, so I couldn't hear it. But I could just see it. And you know, it's like old grainy footage. It's like from the eighties, nineties, eighties. So I, I was watching it, and I was probably like twenty four, twenty five then. I didn't really grasp it. I just saw they were voguing and dancing and stuff. And then I have a thing too where I think because I was a clo- I was in the closet for so long and ashamed of myself, it made it hard to to accept other things from the from, from the queer culture. Mm-hmm, totally. Um, so even now I kind of go out of my way to try and do more research and and see things from different point of views. So I remember being like, um, so I always feel like everyone's in their own bubble. And you mentioned thing about privilege. Like I totally understand that I have uh, big guy privilege, and I have the privilege of. Uh, I guess you could say straight passing. So I recognize that. And I also try and use that now for good if that makes sense to stand up for people who maybe don't have that privilege. So I say it all to say that, like, I literally sat down and was like, I hadn't watched Pose. Everyone said, you have to see Pose. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, um, oh, I've heard of the ballroom scene, but I don't know about it. Uh, I, I just kept saying, I'll watch it, I'll watch it, I'll watch it, I'll watch it. And I finally watched it uh, last year, 2018, uh, 2019 rather, uh, on my birthday. Super random. My friend asked me to, to house it. She forgot it was my birthday that weekend. I didn't have plans. I'm like, yeah, I'll sit. So I'm in her house watching. I uh, just fed her cat. I'm watching. And I was like, you know, let, me, let me start Pose. But before that, I said, let me watch Paris is Burning. Mm-hmm. I watched Paris is Burning. That was a, it wasn't Pose. I want to watch Paris is Burning. I watched Paris is Burning. Great fucking movie. So inspiring. And then I immediately had to watch Pose. Mm-hmm. And then it was cool to watch Paris is Burning and then immediately watch Pose because you realize even the pilot episode, how much they pull from Paris is Burning. Yeah. Um, and then I just immediately fell in love with the show all these characters i love seeing different point of views and i'm a a queer straight passing black man i will never have the same experience as a trans person or uh an effeminate queer person or those type of things so to see their journey uh, it's important for me you know because we are um i was joking you know we all say we're family we're all cousins but it's true so it's like it is important for me to see those people's journey uh because we're all in this together and so pose just blew me away and especially i think about how nervous i was i was born in 85 you know, I was in school in the late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, I'm sure people back in the 80s would have given anything to come up back then. I can only imagine how hard. Here I was in the closet, straight passing. All I had to do to, to hide my queerness is not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Very easy. Yeah. I mean, it's hard emotionally on the inside. Yeah. But to the world, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can only imagine what it's like to feel like you don't belong in your body or to be or to just want to dance and have fun and put on clothes that you like mm-hmm. and people that hate you for it. Yeah. So to watch people be so brave and push through it, 
because um, everybody just wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to be loved. And honestly, everybody wants to be remembered. Different scales of being remembered. That's what people want, you know, happiness to be something to be remembered. So to watch people to just live so freely and, you know, and fight to live that freely. And then if anyone watches Pose, you know, it takes place during like the height of the AIDS epidemic. So mm-hmm. some people are dying. Yeah. And to be active, to be dying and still go out and do your thing, not care about uh, what people think about you and just so inspiring. You know, those stories have to be told and celebrated. So I'm really into Pose. And I haven't seen season two yet. I'm very upset. There is no way to see Pose season two right now without buying the DVD. On demand, FX, if you go to FX on demand, it goes Pose episodes are currently not available. Season one's on Netflix. Season two's coming soon to Netflix with no date. So right now you have to buy the DVD to see or, you know, stream it, but pay for it. There's no... Like, there's no streaming service other than... It's not even out there. You have to get the DVD right now. Isn't that crazy? Maybe Amazon Video, but you have to buy... It's just... There's no, like... It's so hard to find season two right now. Yeah. Guys at Pose, mm-hmm. put season two on Netflix so I can keep what I'm using to watch it and not buy another service yeah, <laughs> to seriously. get to it. Um, yeah, Pose is so great. And I w- did buy it on Amazon because I was like, I don't want to wait. I think I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I, it's it it's been like killing me. Well I've been trying to, like... I've been trying to watch other things in between, thinking that it'll pop up on Netflix any minute now, but I, mm-hmm. I can't take it anymore. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Is it just the two seasons that are out right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that show is so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's so, mm-hmm. so good. And Billy Porter. Shout out Billy Porter in yeah, general, Billy obviously. Billy Porter. In general. Yes. In general. Um, did you know that he was a 90s R&B singer? No, I did not. I had a friend who was like, you know he used to be an R&B singer. I was like, no. And he showed me a Because Billy talks a lot about, or Mr. Porter, talks a lot about being... Um, about finally being comfortable with being in his own skin. Mm-hmm. And when my friend told me that, he showed me the video. There is a video out there on YouTube. It is Billy Porter in an R&B song, with like a female love interest. And it's just, it's, it feels almost insane to watch, but also inspiring. Like, it's just funny what we have to do as queer people to try and pursue our dreams. Um, I can't imagine how hard it was back then when you really couldn't be yourself. Yeah. So here was this man who was, you know, in the closet on display yeah. just so he could have a singing career. And, uh, yeah, so like he said, so now when you see one red carpet and, you know, he's wearing, like, he said, I'm going to always be myself now because I mm-hmm. couldn't be myself for so long. And it's just yeah. so fucking inspiring. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. It's great. I love that. And <laughs> then, of course, think of all of the kiddos seeing Billy and being like, exactly. I see myself finally. I see myself. Yeah. Yes. It's so important. And even though, like, we know, like, I also love how he's normalized uh, wearing, wearing, uh, feminine or just dressing wearing dresses on the red carpet now and he's you know i think it's so important people to see that yeah and to see and not to just see him doing it but then to see like the straight people people in hollywood accepting him Mm -hmm. complimenting him putting him on their best dress list you know it's that whole normalizing it thing right exactly Mm -hmm. it's so important and amazing Mm -hmm. really what a time to be alive as drake said (laughs) oh my gosh my only favorite thing from drake is yolo (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, that's the one that will stand the test of time. Yeah. When you think about Drake, they're like, oh, the YOLO guy. That's fair. Or he was also on Degrassi. Did you ever watch Degrassi? I wasn't a big Degrassi person, but I know that he was on it. And I remember when he came out, I was like, oh, that's the guy from Degrassi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I actually, like, when I, I lived in Chicago for a year after college, and I watched Degrassi just that, I was there for maybe like a year and a half, and mm-hmm. just watched, that was like the show of Chicago. And so then I fun. never watched it again when I, when I <laughs> left. But um, remembered... And then I, I I truly like lived under a rock because I didn't know Drake was a performer or mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. A, you know and outside of Degrassi. I yeah, I don't and think for like anyone knew until he was. No, no, but like for a while. Oh, oh you didn't like, know for a while. For a while, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. And then was like blown away. I was like, "That's the dude from Degrassi. What's the big deal? It's like Degrassi." And then everyone's like, "It's Drake." <laughs> and I was like, "It's still not computing." Right. <laughs> even still, even though I know like what right, a like, right. mega star he mm-hmm. is, I'm just like. But he's like the dude from Degrassi. Right, right, oh. right, right, right. No, I get that. I totally get that. I, when he came out, I was like, oh, this guy's so good. I was like, yeah, but he's a guy from Degrassi. I don't think he'll be around long. I would be like, he'll be a one-hit wonder. Just be a dick. I was like, but hey, he's still here. Man, he's I'm still very here. wrong. Um, hi, Drake, if you're listening. Hey, Drake, shout um, out. You're also, you're, you're doing it. Yeah. You're doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was wrong, whoever doubted you. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I'm going to move us into our last segment, okay. um, which is, I know. I'm having fun. I'm having so this much fun. Great. You will definitely come back. We, and also, we got to just hang out one day. I agree. You know what I mean? Yes. Just hang out one day. Listen, we'll everyone, everyone is hearing us. We're going to hang right, out. Right, so that's official. And yeah. then we'll update you. <laughs> <laughs> right, on the next podcast, mm-hmm. we'll tell you what we did. Um, okay, so this is a rapid fire. So okay. I'm just going to like, 
Uh, it's very easy, very silly, but no right or wrong answers except gotcha. one. You'll know when it happens. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. I <laughs> know, but no pressure. Okay. Um, okay. Fifth. I plead the fifth. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay. Pencil or pen? <sighs> pen. Acting or singing? Acting. Dogs or cats? Dogs, but I've only ever owned a cat. Isn't that crazy? That's so interesting. <laughs> Can't wait to dig into that in the next episode. Uh, beach or mountains? Future mountains? Oh, I'm sorry. Beach or mountains? Oh, beach or mountains. I was like, future mountains? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, beach or mountains? Oh, definitely beach. Mm. Meat Scared or heights. <laughs> yeah. Um, meat or veggies? Um, meat, but I hope one day for it to be veggies. All right. Yeah, that's, that's a fair hope. I, I'm, I'm, I'm evolving. <laughs> um, bagels or donuts? Oh. Mm-hmm. Dang. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll tell you how I'm thinking about it. Okay. A bagel at its best versus a donut at its best. Yeah. Because if they're just like, if they're in between or in the middle, I feel like I might say donut. But to think about the mm. best perfect bagel versus the best perfect, that's a really hard choice. I think I might go, oh, man. Yeah, I really feel this right now. <laughs> Ultimately, I'm gonna say bagel because I'm not the I'm not the biggest sweets person, and you can judge a bagel up so much with so many different things: jelly, cream cheese, mm-hmm. lox, anything, you, ham and cheese. You can yeah. really just do it up with a bagel. There's so many options with it. So bagel, you win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the right answer. <laughs> I was I was scared for a minute. I'm no, no, no you weren't gonna lose me. You weren't gonna lose okay. me. Um, okay, great. Um, train or plane? Years ago, I would have said train. But as I'm evolving, I'm going to say plane. I used to be so afraid of flying, but mm-hmm. now I've been doing it so much, it it, it, it became normal for me. And mm-hmm. I think it was just the fear of not doing it often. And now that it yeah. happens, it feels normal to me. So, yeah, plane. Real quick, um, the more I fly, the scarier I get of it. Isn't you? that wild? Yeah. yeah. And I fly, I travel all the time. And I every time I am, like, That's sweating and yeah. having pa- panic attacks because I'm, like, now this is how I go. What this part? is the end. <laughs> every, every time. Well, let me be very clear. <laughs> I've more comfortable flying, but I still have those thoughts during takeoff and landing. <laughs> <laughs> like even like one bump, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm oh turbulence is crazy. Like, oh, turbulence, yeah. you, like all that comfortable stuff goes out the, out the window when yeah. turbulence happens. Yeah. What's your worst part? Because I I like when we land. Mm. Take off or landing? What do you prefer? Oh, oh love this. Um, landing because I'm safe on the ground. Yes. Yeah. But I have a lot of friends who said take off. That's ridiculous. That, that's the part that's the scariest. It's, yeah. You know when you're going up. And then you, you, it kind of pauses and you feel that weightlessness. Mm. That's the scariest fucking feeling That's in the world. That's so scary. When you're, when you're landing, like you said, you know you're coming to safety. Yeah. It almost makes you feel better to see the place, the, the building getting closer. And like, mm-hmm. when you hit the runaway, it's not scary. But that takeoff, because I'm always like, when you just feel it carry, I'm like, if it just stops right now, it's over. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. so afraid. I know, I yeah. get that. But when I'm in the sky now, I'm good. It used to be mm-hmm. like, I'd be afraid during takeoff and then nervous the whole time. Yeah. And to this day, I'm comfortable, but I can't sleep. And I mm. try so hard. I think my last flight was the most I slept on it, and it wasn't a long time, but it's so hard for me. And at first, I was like, oh, I just sleep the whole flight. I pop a Benadryl, I take a drink, I go to sleep. None mm. of that works for me. I'm too ner- Even though I'm better with it now, yeah. I, I, not enough for me to sleep. Mm-mm. So I'm still, I'm working on it. Yeah. But I'm much better. I will, <laughs> yeah, like when it's, when it's like smooth, I'm okay. Yeah. One bump, I'm like, the mm-hmm. world's done. And thank God for headphones and like, the, 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 t- the television sets and the headrests for some of them because mm-hmm. I can imagine flying like in the 70s and 80s and it's just you yeah. and like the people around you yeah. <laughs> oh you my can god just distract never, yourself. I've never thought of that but oh holy my, shit no, yes. that suck and, yeah because I was like because <laughs> JetBlue is new like, not new but JetBlue's been around for a while before, and JetBlue kind of brought the whole TV to play airplane things and I remember being like Delta and all those things back in the day just that chair in front of you and mm. strangers around you and thousands of miles in eight. What am I going to read? Right. What am I going to read? <laughs> yeah. What are books? Yeah. Um, there were no Kindles back then. How did oh they read books back in the day? How did they? Anyway. <laughs> um, that is just, I will try, I will get drunk enough to pass out, mm-hmm. really. It's mm-hmm. like when, I mean, not every flight, because that would be ridiculous, but right. when I'm feel, especially when I have a layover and I've already had that first anxious flight in that layover, I'm like, I have to like be able to pass yeah. out easily because right. like, I, I, I like physically can't handle it. I went to Europe recently. Um, shout out Bre- uh, Bremen, Germany. Uh, they had Astronomy Club come out and headline a festival out there. And I took the smallest plane from Bremen, Germany to Amsterdam. And 
if I I'm already, if I if I look at my window and I see pr- pr- propellers, I'm nervous. Oh my god! I'm like, we're past what that if technology. A bird like gets up in there. I'm like, telling are you, you kidding me? And to watch it slowly start to spin, yeah. it's like this is gonna fall apart. There's yeah. no way. This, it's a small plane, and even though I understand how plane and sciences work, because I'm a big guy, I'm always like, oh, I'm too heavy for this plane. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm the one that's gonna put it over the o- over the limit, and we're going down. <laughs> uh, and then we, and it's one thing when a regular plane has turbulence. When a plane that's small propellers has turbulence, you're questioning everything. Oh my you're, gosh. you're praying. Everything's happening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I made it, obviously. It was yeah, fine. thank God. And it was only a half an hour flight. Oh, my gosh. They yeah. sent you, the shorter the flight, the shittier the plane they put you on. Because mm. they know, like, oh, this, will, this, will, this, will, this will hold up for 20 It'll minutes. make it, yeah. It'll make it. Two hours? No, we can't do that on this plane. But half an hour, we're all the dice. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> that's my theory. That's, have you seen Almost Famous? Yes, yes. And like the scene in the airplane where they're all going down and the yes. one guy's like, I'm gay. Yeah. And, then it's like, and then it's like, fine. And then I'm like, I feel right, this right, 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 so right, much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we have a f- I have a few more rapid fires. Um, this was scary, but now it's fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back into the fun. Um, sweet or salty? Oh, salty. Great. Um, oh, apparently I have an opinion about that. Um, mm, Coke ooh. or Pepsi? I have, I'm not drinking soda anymore, but when I was Pepsi... I'm a Pepsi person, right. but I will say this: it does matter where it's coming from and how you're having it. I agree. Different in cans, different in bottles. I will say movie movie theater Coke out the machine is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think Coke out the machine, like you know, is better than probably Pepsi. But I'll take yep. Pepsi like in a twenty ounce bottle or like in a plastic setting over Coke in a plastic setting. It depends I, too. <laughs> truly, it is such a science, and I have thought and talked about this ad nauseum. Like. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is um, McDonald's and Chipotle are tied with okay. their quality of fountain yeah, soda, yeah, yeah. fountain Coke. Yeah, um, yeah. And then for McDonald's me, Sprite too. Mm. McDonald's Sprite, some kick to it. I haven't. <laughs> I usually. I always go to Diet Coke, so gotcha. I'm going to try a Sprite next time okay, just okay. to like get mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, see. Mm-hmm. Um, glass bottles are pretty good too. Glass bottles are great. Yeah, glass bottles are great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My least favorite of all of the things are uh, two liters. Yeah. They like lose their carbonation. You gotta, listen, like, those are good for parties. You got to have it that day. Yeah, that day. Once you close it shut and you're going to come back a day or two later, it gets flat. It's over. And it sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just the one that used to enjoy yeah. flat soda. Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. I'm like, flat soda. Ugh. They loved it. My brother in law likes warm soda. I know someone who has warm soda too. Oof. I'm like, I, I think it's Ow. like maybe like a tooth sensitivity thing, but oh. it's like. So, like, fine, but also, ugh. Right, I just won't have it then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd rather, uh, give me cold soda or give me death. Yes, give me yes, the right, yes, like, yes. Um, Okay, night or day? I think I'm night transitioning into day, but I'm night right now. Okay, great. Night. And then favorite kitchen item? This is rough. Also, my mind went to utensil for some reason. Favorite kitchen item. I mean, same thing. Um, yeah. You know what's the worst? If you can't find your spatula. Yeah. Or you misplace your spatula or something. You don't have a spatula or like you're somewhere. Someone's kitchen is no spatula. Spatulas are so important. Yeah. And the things that scoop the spaghetti up. The, the Like a ladle? Like a ladle, but the ladle with, oh, the, with, like the, the, with the, the teeth. With the teeth. Yeah. And the holes to drain. It's a very important item. <laughs> Those yeah. are two very big ones. Totally. And then even though I, I, I try and do it way less now... When it was a thing thing, totally a microwave. Wait, I'm sorry. Microwaves aren't things anymore? No, microwaves are things, I guess. Microwaves never stopped being a thing. Maybe for me, I was like, I don't trust microwaves anymore. But I remember like, when they first came out, oh, I guess like, yeah, microwaves are still a thing, but not for me. I try to like reheat food in the oven. I try not to, to nuke my stuff. Okay. Try not to. Um, Some I, popcorn. Oh yeah. my God. Pop- microwave popcorn is <laughs> one of my favorite foods. I use my microwave every day. Mm-hmm. Why, t- like, am I, like, because of the, like, radiation? Or, like, what are we scared of? Well, I feel like whenever I, whenever I microwave food, right, food tastes, for me, food tastes better when you heat it up naturally. But it's just more of a process. Because mm-hmm. when you microwave food, it's hot for a little while. If you don't eat it fast, and it gets cold. Or That's sometimes fair. it's like, you know, it's cold in spots. Especially if it's like a, like a thing of rice or pasta. You mm-hmm. got to get in there and stir it and we put it in. Because you just nuke it and take it out if it's hot on top they can be lukewarm in the middle or if you wait like five minutes it's gonna be immediately warm again yeah when you heat up old school it stays hot for like a good 15 minutes after you, after you prepare it I've eaten and warmed up food a lot mm-hmm. that, yeah no that. I trust your experience <laughs> I you know you know I'm like a big fan of pizza rolls mm-hmm. and like you know and I and you know lots of packages happen besides pizza rolls it's like 
here's the instructions for the oven and here are the instructions for microwave. And I'm going to really preheat the oven for 15 minutes and then cook it for 30 minutes or microwave for two minutes spinning halfway through, like depending on what it is. It's definitely more convenient. I'm doing the microwave. Yeah, yeah, Pizza yeah. rolls always oven though. Right. Really? Oh my God. Okay. Because they got to get crispy. A mushy pizza roll is like... Well, that's my point. Like The, well, yeah. the, the oven, you know, you get... every Everything right. is so much more... Especially if it's breaded. Yeah. It's way better in the oven, you know? Like, you're like you're right. <laughs> um, I also, like, made fries the other night in the oven. Mm-hmm. How was that? Amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I also feel better about it, too, because it's, like, not as greasy, and they're, mm-hmm. like, baked. And I don't make bacon in the oven, but whenever I'm at someone's house or, uh, like, a thing with friends and someone else is cooking, they make bacon in the oven. Oh, this is really... I should start baking my bacon. Wait, bacon in the oven? I've had friends make bacon in the oven. That's a thing. It's totally a thing. Bacon your bacon. Bacon your bacon. I don't do it, but I like when someone else does it. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to try it, and I'll mm-hmm. share it with you. Yeah, yeah please. Um, this has been so lovely. It's the best. Um, what are, are there social media handles that our listeners can follow you on? Yes, so my brand speaking new Twitter. Yeah. Uh, at the real Ray Cordova. No, that's not it. That's my, that's my Instagram, my new Instagram. My new Instagram is at... The real Ray Cordova. My new Twitter is uh, Complex Cordova. Okay. Complex Cordova. But if you just put Ray Cordova, it'll pop up. It'll pop up. Okay. <laughs> well, and we'll also uh, tag you in the post when Thank this you. comes out. Oh, and at Club Astronomy uh, on Twitter. And I believe Instagram as well. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Real quick question about a, a team Instagram. Does Are there like designated people who run that or do you all have access or how does it work? So we, when we first made our Instagram page, we definitely shared the, the, uh, the workload of it. And so nothing got done. <laughs> um, and then we have a very lovely or we had a very lovely writer's assistant during season one of Astronomy Club named Lene. Uh, oh, do you know what? Lene, she runs a sketch program at Magnet. Lene... I'm, I don't mess with last. It's either Sanders or Saunders. Sorry, Lene, don't kill me. I don't know. Anyway, Lene is a great uh, is a great lady who uh, was our was our writer's assistant in the writers room, and then uh, we were like, "Hey, would you mind being our social media person?" And mm. she was like, "Absolutely, I would love to." And she does an amazing job, guys. When we gave her our Twitter, our, our Instagram page, it, we probably had like. I don't know, something crazy, like nothing, like 80 followers, 100 followers. It's like at two, 3,000 now. Nice. She posts so much. When Netflix puts out stuff, she'll take it, chop it up, make memes. But she works so hard. Lene is the best. Um, so our social media presence is much larger now. Cool. And thanks to her and, and Netflix. <laughs> Amazing. Um, thank you so much for being Ray. Thank you. Or being, being Ray and for yes. being here, Ray. I, one more thing, too. Yeah. Sorry. It's 2020 right now. Uh, who's ever hearing this? It's January. But uh, Astronomy Club's trying to go on tour this year. So cool. if you want to have us in your town or college or anywhere, please reach out. Uh, we'll be doing a show at the Bell House in Brooklyn in May. Uh, dates to be determined. I think the tentative date is May 29th. But we'll definitely be in Brooklyn at the Bell House in May. And uh, oh, my gosh. And we'll be in Sketch Fest this Friday in San Francisco. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this won't be aired by then, or this okay. will have passed? I'm not going to be there. So actually, the other members will be there. So hopefully by the time you hear it, you enjoyed everyone at Sketchfest, but yeah. not Ray Cordova and some other members, but most of us will be at Sketchfest. <laughs> Amazing. Um, you're so lovely. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming out. Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You For Coming Out. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. Please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps.